Ogumba Wale for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hello, women's basketball fans, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Women's Basketball. I am your Tuesday, Thursday host, Erica Lindsay Ayala. Man, it has been a week. Tuesday was election day. I must apologize. I, I, I kind of, um, I've, I've been under the weather. And, you know, I'm sure the election had something to do with it, but I was just, you know, body fatigue. Uh, So we missed out on Tuesday, but uh, we're here Thursday. I think it's important that we remember that regardless of who the next president is, all of the work that, and all of the things that I, let's just go with what we've been promoting on Locked on Women's Basketball on Thursdays. All of those things are still important beyond the election. And I played last week a little bit of Natalia Chanwa, who is Canadian and um, is not able to vote in the United States because she has, um, she keeps her Canadian citizenship. Um, Talking about learning the ballot and understanding what's on the ballot and understanding ways that she can and plans to impact her community. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I wanted to replay that again last week because because that's for all of us, right? Regardless of our um, status or affinity to the United States or any country for that matter, if you're a part of a community, um, there are ways that you can show up for that community and show up for yourself in that community. And I, I love that Natalia Chanwa is one example of that. Um, another example, we saw Cheney and Neka Ogumake. We saw Tamiki Catchings. I believe Muffet McGraw. I know that uh, Sarah Spain had been talking about all of them uh, being poll workers working at a polling site. And of course, um, with Tamika Catchings and the Indiana Fever um, and the Pacers organization, they were, uh, the uh, that arena served as a polling spot. A lot of NBA um, arenas were serving as polling places. And some of that, I believe, was inspired by players, by athletes. Um, so again, just so many amazing things happening. I know that there is a lot of confusion still. We can't ignore that. Um, I would venture to guess, regardless of your personal politics or beliefs, that there's some excitement, um, anxiousness, anticipation, and that's completely understandable. But now it's a matter of what do we do moving forward? And um, I was actually watching, I want to shout out, uh, this is a little bit of a crossover, you know, I love a strong crossover, but uh, Megan Rapino. oh, Megan Rapino. congratulations to Megan Rapino and Sue Bird. I have not been on the radio waves, if you will, since those two uh, formally announced their engagement via 
a Subert Instagram post. Um, so congrats to them. But Megan Rapino, I'm not sure if if you know this, but she did a special for HBO. It's called Seeing America with Megan Rapino, and she had as her guests. Um, Nicole Hannah-Jones, Hassan Minhaj, I hope I said that right, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. So, Seeing America with Megan Rapinoe. And what I liked is that Nicole uh, Hannah-Jones said something that I thought was really cool and kind of sums up how I feel about this election. She was talking about 2016, the march, or excuse me, the Women's March that happened in Washington, D.C. very shortly after the um, inauguration of President Trump. And um, she talked about the signs that were being held at the Women's March. And one of the signs said, you know, if, if Clinton won, we'd be at brunch right now. And you know, um, Hannah Jones goes, Nicole Hannah Jones goes into how that's the biggest fear is that whatever the 45th administration looks like for a lot of people, it's an extreme. And for some people, if in this case, Joe Biden were to win the presidency, that people will do just that. They will feel that all is right with the world and we'll go back to brunch. But what Nicole Hannah-Jones was saying and what I agree with, and again, this is from Seeing America with Megan Rapinoe on HBO, um, what Nicole Hannah-Jones said, and I firmly agree with, is, you know, quote-unquote, I'm using air quotes here, normal was killing black bodies, black women, black children, um, indigenous communities, um, it was killing us. So <laughs> I'm going to feel some kind of way if you go back to brunch, <laughs> if I'm being honest. I'm going to feel some kind of way. We can't afford as a country to go back to brunch. And so a lot of the anxiety that people have been feeling this week, I honestly haven't felt. Um, not in the same way, I think, because for me... Regardless of who wins, the work is still daunting. Not impossible, and I think that's something that the show Seeing America with Megan Rapinoe really tried to leave folks with hope. And I do think that there's hope, but I think we do need to, if if 2020 is any realization, that the United States needs to be shook awake. Um, we need to be shaken um, because we sleep through massive um, crime and destruction and racism and sexism, homophobia, Islamophobia. Uh, We sleep through so much. And only when those who brunch are disrupted does it seem like we, the people... Uh, come together and even then not really as is indicative by this election okay I I feel like I'm getting heavy into the politics y'all know I'm a poli-sci major coming up next though 
I want to talk to you a little bit more about some of the things that I saw happening on election day and some of the things that we still see as far as women's basketball and the women's basketball community really supporting stay vigilant, uh, stay diligent, excuse me, and vigilant. Um, I'm not into the hashtag stay woke, but I do believe in remaining vigilant. And we've had some, some beacons of light in the WBB women's basketball space for that. So coming up next, I'm going to pick out a few that I have enjoyed. All right, so we're going to talk about some shining lights in this very uncertain times. Um, And I know it's not Tuesday, but I told you I'm kind of mixing and matching the days. Um, (laughs) Kelly Loeffler and Raphael Warnock um, will be going into a runoff in January. And... um, you know, Raphael Warnock is the um, candidate that the WNBA players rallied behind um, because Kelly Loeffler, who's part owner of the Atlanta Dream, um, wrote an open letter to um, Commissioner Engelbert, among other things, but wrote a letter and um, you know, basically said that she is not for supporting Black Lives Matter and not using the WNBA platform to do that. So, um, it's been an interesting time, but so in Georgia, uh, Raphael, Raphael Warnock, um, won the toss-up Senate race. Um, so let me read this a little bit here. Okay, this is an opinion from USA Today. Midway through the summer, it looked as if the Reverend Raphael Warnock's venture into politics would be a short one. The leader of Atlanta's famed Ebenezer Baptist Church, where Martin Luther King Jr. was once the pastor, Warnock, had little name recognition and not much money. Both were crucial in a U.S. Senate race where he was challenging the multimillionaire incumbent Kelly Loeffler as well as Doug Collins, a U.S. representative from Georgia since 2013. So it was hardly a surprise that Warnock's support in the early polls was in the single digits. Then something extraordinary happened. On August 4th, with two games on ESPN2, WNBA players showed up to the arena wearing Vote Warnock t-shirts. That same day, Elizabeth Williams of the Atlanta Dream said on Twitter that players were endorsing Warnock because... Quote, he has spent his life fighting for the people, and we need him in Washington, end quote. Within two days, Warnock's campaign said it had raised over $183,000. A few weeks later, Warnock began airing ads on TV. By September 30th, a Quinnipiac poll showed that Warnock had taken his first lead in the race, polling at 31%, while Loeffler was at 23% and Collins 22%. Um, so the, the article goes on, um, 
Neko Gumake is referenced, but, um, you know, it just goes to show that the WNBA's platform is not too small. Um, I'm not exactly sure who said it, but right around the time that the players um, decided, along with the NBA, to, to have a day of reflection, I believe it is officially called, um, after the fact, but... Um, you know, I saw players kind of throwing around this idea, you know, or I think it was Natasha Cloud tweeted something saying, you know, uh, something alluding to there was a conversation and, and someone made mention that the WNBA's platform is too small. Oh, it's too small. You know, we can't change anything. It's too small. That's kind of the impression that I got from the tweets that I was seeing go around. Well, if this runoff is any indication, the WNBA's platform is not too small. And I think what's important to realize also that I think gets lost in the sensationalism that is the conversation around Kelly Loeffler and, quite honestly, the WNBA right now, is that the reason that this worked, and you should listen to Sue Bird say it, I don't, I don't have the clips prepared for this episode, but I, I, I'll play it if I can find it for next week. Um, Sue Bird said that they realized that focusing negative attention at Loeffler was working in her favor, criticizing her openly, speaking her name in public. So they they did what's uh, considered a frame shift. Um, that's what you do in politics. <laughs> um, and when you're advocating for things, is sometimes you have to adjust the frame. And that's exactly what the WNBA did. They adjusted the frame, and uh, they did so by first doing their homework. So you research, um, and they felt that not only was Warnock not Loeffler, Leffler, Loeffler, always say her name wrong, Kelly Loeffler, not only was she not Kelly Loeffler, uh, or he, not only was Warnock not Kelly Loeffler, but they believed in the political promise of Warnock. So what we have now is, um, you know, Warnock and Loeffler now will go up again in a special election. Um, and I'm curious to see what impact the WNBA will continue to have because a lot of people right now are calling this a victory for the WNBA. And I get that to an extent. I do think it's a little bit over the top, um, and does not, for me at least, take serious the work that's done on the ground because let's be honest, an overwhelming majority of the players in the WNBA are not members of the Atlanta Dream organization, nor are they Georgia residents. So, um, I don't know. But that's, you know, that's just me maybe being a little nitpicky. But, uh, so this special runoff will happen at the top of the year. And so I'm going to keep my eyes and ears peeled for what the WNBA has planned, if anything. Um, 
And I might need to get Elizabeth Williams back on here. Last week you heard me bring her back in and talk just about what's next. And Williams said, you know, Elizabeth Williams said that the focus is on November 4th. Well, now there's a new date, especially for Elizabeth Williams and the Atlanta Dream players that want to really champion a, a different look. Uh, this is kind of sports. And when you put so much money into sports and uh, there's not a lot of ways that the athletes or the performers are able to attain that wealth, either whilst playing, which of course could be a little bit of a conflict, but even after, um, that's, that's, that's how these, um, uh, differences of opinion, these clashes are created. There's a lot of money in sports. There's a lot to be earned in sports. Um, and Kelly Loeffler wanted to take advantage of sports for her own gain and perhaps um, did not expect the clap back, shall we say. So I don't know. Um, special election to be determined. But coming up next, I want to talk about a few other people that have been doing a great job getting out the message as we still have yet to name the winner of the 2020 presidential election, as of the time of this recording anyway. It's changing all the time. So coming up next, a few other places and people to highlight. So I mentioned uh, Neka Ogumake. She was mentioned briefly in that article. I'll, I'll put the link in. Again, that was an opinion piece for uh, USA Today. Um, but Cheney and Neka are some of the players that we've seen engage in um, working at the at the polls. And so with Cheney, you know, Cheney Ogumake. Uh, did not play this season. So in Cosmo, Chinea Gumake was uh, highlighted in Cosmo. I'm a WNBA player and I'm spending election day working the polls. Here's why you should too. ESPN broadcaster and LA Sparks player Chinea Ogumake explains why she's heading home to Houston to do her part on November 3rd. Uh, I'll read a little bit of this for you. I don't take days off of days off work casually. I consistently work through Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, my birthday, and just about every other special event I can think of. But on November 3rd, I'm going to take a day off in order to work the polls. When I was a kid, my uncle worked on Capitol Hill as the senior advisor on the international trade in the Clinton administration. I remember flying from Texas to D.C. when I was six years old to see him. Back then, you could enter the Oval Office when the president wasn't occupying it. I remember waiting for the Marine to leave his post in front of the door, signaling the president's departure, and walking inside. It was so grand. My uncle explained it simply. This is where an extremely important person in this country has an office. That significance stuck with me. We the people put people in that office and no one else. We, the people, must vote. And the article goes on. Um, and so it concludes with, 
On November 3rd, I will be working the polls at the Toyota Center, where the Houston Rockets play, on election day with my sisters. The last time I was there, I remember hanging courtside with my big sis, watching James Harden and company fight for a victory. But now we are in the fight for our lives. Our collective votes will determine our next four years, as well as who sits in the country's most sacred seat in that historic Oval Office. Don't wait on the sidelines during the most important game of our lives. I'll be in Houston cheering you all on from the Rockets floor, no matter where your voting booth is across the country. So, Cheney Ogumike, Neka Ogumike, um, a lot of... Uh, I mean, again, I mentioned that we saw Tamika Catchings. Um, and I think this is really cool. Working at a polling center is not something that I've ever done. Um, and I, I know that in the sports space, a lot of it's come onto my radar. And it might be something down the road that I that I consider. I, but yeah, I, I, I feel like I'm rambling here a little bit. I just, I, the, you know, it's just, for me, if I'm being honest, part of the reason, even though I have my little notes here, part of the reason that I struggle is because I have studied this and I just want to get into the meat of it. Um, because there's so much, there's so much to discuss. And I guess w where I'll leave it for now is... The election day is over, but as we can see, the immediate ramifications of this particular election um, are still ongoing. And that's what's important to remember. It's not just this election. It wasn't just, you know, 2000. It was 2016. You know, there's so many times in history where a specific county, a specific state um, attempts at voter suppression have impacted an election and it's very easy to, to get confused in a lot of the hoopla and the conversation but what matters at the end of the day is that if we say vote or die if we say vote like our lives depend on it then it's not just the voting it's the voting system it's the voting process that we have to protect and so um, you should you should be concerned about ballots, even if they're ones that are cast for the candidate that you didn't personally vote for. Anytime we omit those um, for no good reason, we crush this so-called democracy that we have. And I'm, I, you know, I knew it was going to be tough. That's why, I, you know, Tuesday, Tuesday was a wash for me. But even now, it's just really tough to have these conversations and not get into so many other parts of it um there's this is um it's not as simple as voting but voting is a good start i guess is 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 what i want to say is how i want to wrap up um i'm just really struggling because there's a lot on the line yes but the things that are on the line can be impacted in other ways not just by voting and i guess i want to make that clear as well uh whether voting is your start or stop, you have to take a break and reset and start the process over again because we're needed. We need to be present for these conversations. 
and don't we shouldn't allow politicians regardless of what party they they represent to bank on the american people being fatigued um, or being uninformed and I'm of the opinion that no, I don't think presidential debates are the best way to be informed. I don't think um, even, you know, emails from particular candidates are the best way. I think the best way to educate yourself is to engage with your community, is, which is exactly what politicians are supposed to do. Um, but that's really the best way. And you have to put feelers out and get an understanding of how your community sees a particular issue. Um, and that's work. <laughs> that's the work, right? Um, but it's the hard that makes it great. So I've been talking about the election a lot, but, you know, we're here on Lockdown Women's Basketball talking about things um, that maybe don't always get talked about in the women's basketball space. And so being able to break down a political uh, runoff um, and uh, volunteering to work at a polling station and directly having that relate to women's basketball, I think is pretty cool. Um, and connections that I hope to continue to make. So I know this was, uh, you know, heavy on the politics side. I do think that that suits the, the mood or the week. Um, but I look forward to exploring things not so singular to presidential elections. There are other conversations that are extremely important that we continue to have. And luckily, women's basketball is a space where a lot of times it's not that hard to find those types of conversations ongoing. So I'm thankful to have Locked on Women's Basketball as uh, a place where we can discuss this together. Well, I'll talk and you'll listen and hopefully give me feedback. So if you want to do that, follow me at elindsay08. That's on Instagram and Twitter. And of course, you can follow the show. We hope you're following the show at Locked on WBB. A lot of times when I do video conferences or interviews where I have video, I'll cut some of that up, add captions and put that on Locked on WBB. So you don't want to miss out on any of that. And if you are not already subscribed, go ahead and subscribe to Locked on Women's Basketball on your favorite podcast listening platform. And if you would be so kind as to review us, that's important as well. We want to get more eyes on the amazing product that is women's basketball. And so we need your help. Let a friend know, share an episode, let us know what you liked, what questions do you have that you want us to address all of the things until next week. We'll see where we are, but we'll have a little bit of, uh, you know, your essentials, what you need to know as a women's basketball fan, um, some follows people, or places uh, that you need to follow. And of course, we'll do more Social Justice Thursday. But until then, this is Erica Lindsay Ayala signing out.